We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Megan Rapino. And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dorch. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and brought to you by some uh, some special sponsors we'll talk about later. I am your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I am joined today by Taylor. Don't ever talk trash to Black Jesus. <laughs> black <laughs> Jesus. We've also got Kamiar along. Oh, man. That was, that was I mean, of course, the other girl, that's my favorite episode of is the finale. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, hey, I'm here. I'm drinking green tea and my hands are on my face. <laughs> it's uh three of three, man. Yeah. So before yeah. we get started, guys, I figured we would talk a little bit of the last dance. The series has concluded. Uh, what'd you guys think of the last two episodes? They were two of my favorite. Yeah, and there's just like so much depth to each of them. Yeah. Um, and just seeing how like, the storytelling was just phenomenal. Like, uh, first of all, episode nine was probably the most emotional hands down between Steve Kerr's dad and then jumping into uh, Jordan's bodyguard, Gus, like just had me in tears. And then, uh, but the way that they 
I was like, why are they, you know, I wasn't expecting them to jump into Steve Kerr's dad's, or Steve Kerr's backstory, I guess, um, kind of out of nowhere. But then you see why they do it. They jump back, or they jump forward back to the uh, um, the finals with the Utah Jazz, and Steve Kerr hits that shot to win the series, which is uh, championship number five for Jordan and the Bulls. And it just that storytelling, the, the way they decided to tell Kerr's backstory then, and then fast board or back up to present time which was him hitting that shot in the uh, in the finals which is awesome uh, i really enjoyed that yeah i thought the transition of kerr af- talking about after his dad died how he played basketball to kind of get away from those things mm-hmm. and not think about it but he would think about it during games especially during the national anthem and then the scene immediately cuts to the national anthem of what was that game six yeah, that's pretty uh, and, cool. And the, the anthem's playing on the game that he's going to hit the game winner and how how Jordan trusted him, you know, and the whole Kerr backstory came up because they asked Kerr, did you and Michael ever bond over the, the tragedies of your fathers? And he said, no, we never talked about it. But then we get the, the in-depth story of it. I didn't know that about Steve Kerr, actually, and it was uh, freaking heartbreaking. Yeah, I didn't know that about Steve Kerr either. So like, I already liked Steve Kerr. And then the the finale, like the 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 entire docu docu series, made you like Steve Kerr a little bit more. Um, and then like all this stuff that comes out, you're like, oh, oh my gosh, this guy's like actually really awesome, and like he yep. just you know worked his way into the league. But what I kept on thinking a lot during this was a uh, Michael Jordan actually had a human side. B uh, the, what what people thought about him shoving off on what's his face in Utah? When you looked at the other multiple angles, it didn't actually Brian look Mullins, too much right? like. It's not a push off. It's not a push yeah, off. It didn't, it didn't look off. like he actually pushed him off at all. No. Um, and then third, I thought it was really intriguing because a, I mean, I, one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite ESPN thirty for thirties is Winning Time with Reggie Miller. Yep. And just uh, talking about you know just everything with him with Jalen and all other stuff and what I thought was pretty cool was you know of course there's series with the Pacers when they had like all those dudes on the Pacers that were really good and they said you know once the Bulls went up by like two or three they knew they it was done and I kept on zooming because it was a playoffs you know it's a playoff atmosphere I mean Oklahoma City fans are very used to that it's very prevalent in their lives every you know what may and june and uh, i kept on thinking about you know how reggie miller kept on saying oh like when jordan made that shot or something like that it turned and it was pretty obvious that you know the bulls were gonna win and i kept on thinking about man if if these nba playoffs are held in very well not if but you know if nba happens when these nba games these playoff games are held in controlled atmospheres uh, there's no fans electricity to you know carry a team over something else because there are several times when a team gets momentum and the, the crowd just it's it boosts their energy even more and so now like if you're trying to make a comeback um and like you don't have a crowd like OKC when they were like OKC was down like 18 to the Jazz uh, with PG and Russ and Russ just kept on going and the crowd kept on getting into it and into it and it changed the tide of the game and ultimately OKC won. You don't have that with no fans and so yep. 
you as a player, it test if that will test you because that that that's going to happen in in the playoffs if they resume. And you as a player, you have to have a lot of mental toughness on your squad uh, going into these playoffs if they do have them this year. And you know, okay, see, they've got they've got Stephen Adams, they've got CP three. Um, and they've got a couple other, you know, veterans there that will keep them, like Gallo and whoever else, uh, Dennis Schroeder, that will keep keep being mentally tough. But teams with young dudes like the Celtics, uh, that really worries me because those yeah. dudes haven't been in really big pressure situations in the playoffs and haven't been in the playoffs that many times. So it really intrigues me um, how that might turn out That's as a good far point. as the playoffs. And, like, juxtaposing that to the crazy Utah Jazz fans that we yeah. saw on Episode 9 and, and 10 uh, against those Jordan teams. Some things just don't change, man. Exactly. Yeah. Literally, I was thinking of the Russell Westbrook situation, uh, Chris Paul's altercations with the Utah Jazz. But um, three things really quick uh, that, that I thought are just worth mentioning, and you guys can jump in um, on, on any one, which I read, the, read them off. But here's three big things I took screenshots of that uh, I wanted to mention to you guys. The first of those – being uh it wasn't the flu game it was the food poisoning game oh i actually read God. an article i read an article about that on friday uh, that it was kind of like a teaser to the last dance tonight and um so i kind of knew this was coming but i uh, found that incredibly interesting and and we'll definitely get into that because like i said you know five uh you're in the opposing teams um city and at two o'clock in the morning five pizza delivery guys show up with a pizza you know something's wrong with it the there, there's one, gonna be so many memes of the oh man I ate the whole pizza. I ate the whole by pizza. myself. <laughs> and his manager so didn't want him to do it. Uh, the other one was the Larry Bird trash talk, where uh, Larry comes up, says, "Enjoy yourself, dog," um, and Michael Jordan goes, "You bitch, fuck you." <laughs> That's so uh, elite. I y'all, love it. y'all gave us rum for our money. Yeah. All right, MJ. take care now. You can work on that golf game of yours. <laughs> MJ is. And then, I mean, is he the greatest player of all time? Do you think? Oh yeah. Well, and then. Uh, made, here, here's a, here's a the final quote. six times and he has six rings. This is during shoot around yeah. of the uh, I think it was the semi or the the Eastern Conference Finals against the um, Pacers. But he says, uh, "Yeah, I woke up, had a couple beers, played the piano, smoked smoked one cigar, <laughs> and then he's just just, just, like this, just a normal Monday uh, morning, man. Awesome. But yes, I think I don't know just his mentality that he brought. I I don't see." There's very, very few people in this world even who have that mentality that he brought to the game of basketball, much less anything else. And um, just his will and desire to win put him so much higher, I think, than anything we've ever really seen. Um, yeah. So, And that's why yeah. Kevin Durant will never be better than LeBron James, no that's matter kinda, what he does. Yeah, Man, I'm true. just here for the Dennis Rodman stuff. <laughs> that's the other stuff. Okay, the He's WWE incredible. thing is absolutely phenomenal. He oh, said... That what was it? Jordan. They they basically said after Jordan gets that steal on Carl Malone, what's going through your head? And Scotty says, "Get the hell out the way." And um, and then Phil said something, and then Dennis Rodman said, "He's gonna shoot that That's, fucking thing." <laughs> and I'm I was just, just like, "I'm just gonna." He's stand like, "He there. ain't gonna pass that effing ball to nobody. Not Steve Kerr. Not Pax. Not Scotty. He's shooting that thing." And I was like. Yeah, you're pretty much right. And then, uh, you know, just his escapade on, hey, it's uh, between game three and four. I'm just going to bail on practice and go to the WWE for a night instead. 
having Carmen Electra in the, the locker the room with him. NBA with oh, dude, Twitter would melt down. <laughs> go absolutely crazy. Twitter would melt down. It's incredible. And then, it's, and then he has Carmen uh, in, up in his, his hotel room after they win the uh, the six finals. <laughs> She's over there, like, kissing on the trophy and stuff. Yeah, just... just I love how her... She was, like, trying to defend him going to WWE as well uh, in her little snippet of her interview. Just... Uh, high-quality stuff, man. High-quality stuff. All right, guys, well, let's fun. jump into some Thunder Talk. A uh, handful of things we're going to do tonight. First handful. off. A handful? Uh, just a handful. Small just a handful. handful. Oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe like a Are moderate Are you cupping handful. both your hands or just one handful? <laughs> J- just single hand. Oh. I got big hands, though. Oh, do you? Uh, yeah. Can, you, can you palm a basketball? Because Kevin Durant can, he says. Uh, I cannot palm a basketball. Like, sometimes, you know, you get it just right. Um, but that's uh, takes a lot out of the you. The other day, me and Jake went and socially distanced, put up shots at the basketball court while nobody was there, and uh, Jake found out that he uh, he can jump up and actually touch the rim again. I'm pretty ah. sure it's not a 10-foot goal. It was a 10-foot goal. It's actually, <laughs> Shh, it's actually a 10-and-a-half-foot goal. So. <laughs> so that's awesome. If you, for our listeners at home, if you guys have not seen already, we dropped this awesome Draft Your Thunder Dream Team um, graphic on social media today. Shouts to Justin from the podcast who did a phenomenal job with this. The rankings on that list are based off Taylor and I's rankings off the top five Thunder players by position. So while on the podcast tonight, we're all going to draft our team and debate on whose team is better. We've got a handful of questions from social media from you guys, uh, both Twitter and Reddit. We're going to answer those. We'll continue our if the playoffs started today, we're at the conference finals now, guys, which should have started this weekend had, uh, so had that sad. guy not e- eaten the bat. So Dang it. Uh, yeah, I know. So we are going to break down our conference finals, and then we are going to, as we've been doing the past few weeks, choose another Thunder player to trade away. We're going to come up with some trade options this week. Dennis Schroeder. So before we jump into all of that, though, guys, let's start by building our Thunder Dream Team. So, Kamiar and Taylor, I know you guys both tweeted out and and kind of partook in this. Is partook a word? I think so. Partook. partook. Yep. Yeah. There's no two. There's only one T. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's uh. That not partook. These are um, the people. But, but I believe both they, of you guys. You both of you guys part. engaged in this. You you drafted a team with your fifteen dollars. And posted them on Twitter. If you want to use that same team, you can. If you want to make a different team tonight, uh, that's fine as well. But Taylor, let's start with you. You have fifteen dollars to build your team. Who are you going with? Uh, so I'm going with Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Dennis Shooter, Raymond Felton, and Reggie Jackson. Uh, small. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're just going with the uh, with the all point the point guards. guards. Um, so. I am going. I, I'm going to go ahead and stick with what I tweeted out on Friday, uh, because I feel like this team gives me the most most versatility on both ends of the floor, and I think these these guys would play really well together. Um, again, when we made these these rankings, Jacob and I ranked these players based off their time in OKC, not their careers. Hence, Mello and Kendrick Perkins and Reggie Jackson at one dollar. Uh, that's not because we don't like them or you know whatever. It's because of their time in OKC and some of the factors that we ranked that. The, the intangibles that I, I call them, um, such as fan favorite ranking and impact on the franchise. So all that being said, um, I feel like this group gives me the most versatility on both ends for how they're priced uh, moving forward. And uh, even, you know, 
past their time in OKC, uh, I think they could stay together and be a really solid uh, starting five, uh, championship five. So I'm going with Kevin Durant for my $5 tier, um, Chris Paul for my $4 tier, uh, and then I'm going to stick in the twos after this and go with Depot and uh, Jeremy Grant and Rollins Noel. So I have, uh, let's see, Chris Paul at point guard, Depot at shooting guard, um, Kevin Durant at small forward, Jeremy Grant at power forward, and Nerlens at center. Nice. I'm into it. Kamiya, what does your team look like? My team is uh, kind of different. Um, so I've got, which I'm just going to go left to right. At point guard, I've got Chris Paul. Um, he is probably one of the most high IQ players in the league, and the, definitely um, the most high IQ player the Thunder's ever had. I would say that by far. Uh, so at point guard, Chris Paul. Of course, shooting guard, Victor Oladipo. Uh, he's just a dynamic athlete, uh, very accountable, uh, can drive the lane, uh, tough defense tough defender uh really like what he could do with cp3 and then at small forward you've got paul george who is not just a dynamic threat offensively he's also an incredible defender as well so your wings on two and three are just incredible defenders uh, between vic and paul george and they're great athletes in leading them is a guy in CP3 that has a high Q and holding guys accountable. Um, so that that three right there is pretty impressive in its own, and all three guys can carry the ball up the court and actually do stuff with it. They can run and pick and roll situations. Um, in the four, I've got a lot of people. They a lot like a ton of people. They chose the last two. They chose um, Jeremy Grant and Nerlens. That's because everybody spent all their money on the point guard and wings. Um, but at the four, I chose Danilo Gallinari because Melo is just not good. Um, he didn't even try defensively and offensively. He's washed. Uh, Jeremy Grant in OKC, his, his offense was evolving, but typically n- not really a ball handler, kind of. I mean, like he, he drove to the rim and used his long strides really well, especially finishing his last two years. He got to the foul line quite a bit. And a, and a capable defender and a small ball center, and that was really good. But I, I just couldn't go with him. Uh, Jeff Green, no way. And Serge Ibaka um, is basically, you know, his time in OKC is a better version of Jeremy Grant. It's pretty much what OKC wanted Jeremy Grant to be, except Jeremy Grant was more athletic. Um, but I picked him like Alinari because what you've seen from him is a sure shot, literally from the corners, pretty much anywhere on the court. Uh, you can pick and roll, he can pick and pop, he can back down somebody, he can mid-range shoot, he can turn around jump jumper, uh, he can back smaller guys down in the post, um, and he's quick enough to take guys that are like, like Paul Millsap off the dribble. So I picked him, and that leaves one more guy. I have $14 I've spent, so I picked Perkins. And, you know, Just kinda, I thought about, I thought about yeah. going with Jeremy Grant, and picking like you know Ennis Cantor, but I just thought you've got two dudes in CP3 and Kendrick Perkins that are incredibly um, what am I, what am I saying? They're not strong-headed. They're just very strong-willed players. Uh, lots of leadership in the locker room. Lots of accountability guys. They're not only just accountability guys, but glue guys, but at a higher level. 
Perk is an incredible... People, like, always crap on Perk just because, like, he didn't really get stuff on offensive stats, but an incredible uh, pick-and-roll defender on defense. Um, and he set good picks because how thick he is. Is he going to get you 10 rebounds? No. But is he going to bring the heat? Is he going to be aggressive? And is he going to do a lot of the dirty work? Definitely. So I just like that team. Um, so you have shooting from four different levels except Perk. And Perk's there to set screens and body people. I mean, so I really like that. I mean, would it work in today's NBA? Mm, with Perk at center, probably not. But I just really like I like what you did, though, oh, yeah. like it, it, like where almost everybody, including myself and like all my different iterations of this and all that we saw on Twitter. Um, also, shout out to all of you guys who replied to that because we got incredible interaction on that, which is really nice to see during uh, these crazy times with no basketball. But, uh, Kami, I liked how you, instead of going for the, the fancy, shiny, uh, you know, the fancy, shiny new toy in the $5 um, level, you stayed, you, you were able to resist that and stay in that $4 range. You were able to get three four dollar level players to fill out your team i think that's a you know like for example instead of going for kevin durant you go for paul george i think that's a a really cool and interesting tactic so my team uh this is the team that i i picked and i put on social media but that's also the team i think i'm sticking with i also went chris paul as you my point guard heavy i'm really excited yeah to, to I, went, to this. I went chris paul with uh my point guard at four dollars i took tabo uh, for my shooting guard at the three dollar, Paul, uh, yeah, Paul George, four dollars for my small forward, and then like Taylor did, I went with Grant and Noel just because I had four dollars left after that, and I figured that that was the best way to spend my money, which puts together an incredibly versatile team, uh, especially defensively. Tabo, PG, Jeremy Grant. Those guys are essentially interchangeable. You can rotate them up and down between the two and the two and the four. Uh, Chris Paul can guard up a little bit. Uh, Nerlens can guard down a little bit. So I went with like a super versatile defensive team and a team that, I mean, Tabo's not going to create his own shot. But there were during his time in OKC, he was pretty knocked down, especially in those corners. You got Chris Paul feeding him. You got Chris Paul feeding Jeremy Grant. Uh, you got Chris Paul setting up lobs to Nerlens Noel. I felt like I had a lot of play finishers and defense. And if you can put play finishers around Chris Paul and Paul George, I feel like you got a pretty good team. See, I feel like That's I had fair. four dudes that could initiate their own offense, and then yeah, you have, definitely a perk. I love how every one of your can... explanations of your team is with the caveat, and then perk. But then there's perk. <laughs> but like, man, he was. <laughs> He was uh, so instrumental body. in those earlier years, and especially his. No, I agree. Yeah. on the court, yep. but in the locker room, but um, you just like Chris Paul, Oladipo, uh, Paul George, even Danilo Gallinari. You've seen them all in OKC start their own offense, and when you guys can, when you can have dudes that can initiate their own offense to get, actually get to play together, that makes incredible offense. So, like, look yeah, at like, this season. Like, yeah. I get, I get, like, we have, I've got Shea. Vic and PG as my defenders, and then like you really have Gallinari and Perk, and that might put you in some pickles. But at the end of the day, um, somebody's gonna end up scoring 101, and somebody's gonna end up scoring 120, and that's gonna be this team that can light it up from yeah. a lot of places on the court. So, a few interesting things I noticed from everybody who submitted on Twitter uh, very few people, if any, chose Shea as their shooting guard. True, that's interesting. That's yeah, a good point. I, th- I thought that was fascinating. Um, Too expensive when you have Vic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
really nobody took anyone for small forward outside of KD or PG, which makes sense when you look at the other three options. And then you rarely saw anybody take Surge. Uh, Gallo and Grant were really the popular options there. Yeah. So it's just kind of interesting. I've also took Jeff Green. Say it again. Nobody took Jeff Green. Nobody. I can't remember very many people. I mean, maybe some, but yeah. Yeah. I'm one of the only people that took Perk. Perk Obviously, if you look at our graphic and you just like just look at the five dollar row point guard shooting guard small forward power forward center crazy that the, the five dollar row um if, if these were five different teams the the five dollar team the four dollar team three two one the five dollar team is the best team on this board who's the second best team four is it the four dollar team i I, I think it is but i think the two dollar team is pretty interesting too the two dollar I mean, team's interesting, but the two dollar team can't shoot or Homie shit. The, the two dollar team is incredibly athletic. So athletic. And then Raymond Felton. He's, yeah. <laughs> like the two I mean, you got Vic, Tommy, Grant, Noel, and then Ray. Yeah. I mean, so that's that that's a, it's an team. interesting one. But I think the two dollar team probably beats the three dollar team. Yeah. Mm, no. You oh, don't man. think so? Actually, that's no. tough. I don't think they do because uh, at least the three dollar team. Dennis Schroeder is having the best year career a uh, year of his career. Um, you have a great and defender, and if you talk about OKC Tabu just in general, besides the last year of his career, he actually played well from the corners. Abdul Nader, he's not like an amazing defender, um, but he he's tries hard and he year. can shoot it. Jeff Green shots. is like in OKC can do a variety of things for you, and Ennis is, just can get buckets. And like remember that game when he it rebounds. was. It was OKC versus Dallas, and it was Ennis versus Nerlens, and they just they couldn't stop each other from scoring. Yeah. Um, but I just think, I just look at this team. Dennis is getting by Felton every play. Tabo could lock, not lock up Oladipo, but he could do a really good job. Um, Nader is just standing 10 feet inside the three-point arc for Hami to shoot. Jeff Green versus JG would actually be really interesting. Oh, they're both yeah. JG. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, there you go. Really, that'd, be, that'd be a really interesting matchup. And same thing for Cantor versus Nerlens because we all know Offense what Cantor can do offensively, uh, but we also know what Nerlens can do uh, defensively and honestly even offensively too because he Nerlens apparently has a mid-range jump shot that we have not been aware of until this, this year. Season, yeah. So I think the three would – beat their butt and I of think course you I think I think it'd be a really close game. Yeah. I really I do. I also be. love the one dollar team because <laughs> I, I am that. I'm willing to bet a lot of money that Reggie Jackson and Carmelo Anthony fist fight before the end of the first quarter. <laughs> I was gonna say the same exact like, thing. Like I thought about it's gonna I, be them just jacking up shots. I one hundred percent thought about taking going cp3 taking andre robertson with the intention of using him as the two through three or even two through four on defense and making him the four on offense uh still taking paul george um uh taking uh oh where am i at i've lost myself oh taking jeremy grant instead and then going to like ennis Cantor. but you know there's just a lot of things you can do yeah, no one really took Nick Collison either. Yeah, because he's too much a four. Yeah, I know. But, yeah. again, our ratings had a lot of not-on-the-court value to them as well. So right. that's why some of these guys ended up uh, pricier, pricier or less pricier than – Shout-out Reggie Jackson. Know. Tears of yeah. joy. <laughs> Tears of joy, baby. All right, guys. Well, we sent out the bat signal today 
for some qu- social media questions. We went on Twitter and Reddit, and you guys delivered. We're incredibly thank you, thankful for that. Uh, we've got about, what is that, like seven or eight here. So, guys, I'm just going to ping back and forth between the two of you. I'm going to toss you one of these Twitter or Reddit questions, and then you guys answer them for us. Uh, Kamyar, let's begin with you. <laughs> At, uh, I think it's Manas2010, Manus2010, says, Would you sacrifice acquiring SGA if it meant that we could have kept KD for two more seasons? Is this me in 2016, or is this me right now? Uh, let's say right now. Right now, uh, knowing everything that I know about Kevin Durant, no, there's no way. I mean, like, would you? Are you guaranteed? Would you be guaranteed those NBA titles the next two years? No, you won't. You wouldn't be guaranteed those titles the next two years. Uh, and Do also, you think they would have got one though? It's tough to say. It's really, it's really tough to say because Serge was aging, and like you, like, and like, and Serge is still Serge now, but he's not as good as he was. Uh, but like at the time, though, if you asked me at the time, before July 4th, 2016, when he ruined the day after my birthday, yeah. and ruined America's birthday for many <laughs> people, um, if you if you would ask me this question at the time, um, of course, SGA wasn't even in the league, but if you'd said, hey... And they had just gotten Oladipo. Yeah, if you said, hey, this really good second-year player is about to come there, and he's like kind of an upstart, um, I would have said, can we just Kate, run it back for two more years? Because, I mean, like... They ran through a lot of. T- they had. They really had a really weird year. They never looked like the best. They were the third seed, and then it all just like came to a head in the playoffs where they're all just playing hard. Dion started hitting everything. Um, Downhill Dion, baby. Down. He yeah. started like he started just like clicking, and it just like looked really really good. So if you told me, hey, run this stuff back for two more years, then I would have said yes, especially because if KD could commit for two more years. Al Horford was going to come in, and his Panthers no longer going to be a thing. So, uh, yeah, uh, at the time, yes. Uh, But now knowing a lot of things that I know about KD, especially after reading stuff about him, I I really really don't. I don't. I mean, pride says no, but I probably end up would because you might actually have a title. Very good. All right, Taylor, you get the next one from at JLow2836 on Twitter. Says, do you think – with the hit the NBA is taking uh, from COVID-19 will cause the Thunder to be more desperate to trade off bigger paid players next year? If so, does that hurt the trade market for us since we are a small market team? This is an interesting question, and it's a question that I think a lot of us have, even the NBA itself currently, just because there's so much unknowns. Um, I'm not going to bore everybody with stats or anything, but there is something I want to read off from Albert Nobbit that he uh, tweeted out today, right before the last dance. Um, he's kind of a cap salary uh, salary cap guru, and uh, I really enjoyed following him, but he had a thread. I'm just going to read the first tweet of his thread because it kind of gives a summary. But um, the 2019-2020 salary cap was initially projected at 115 million, but one NBA team, according to Bobby Marks' article, is now projecting a decline of up to 25 million to 30 million. So he kind of breaks down how you would get there. A lot of it comes down to uh, obviously revenue for the league in terms of um, like whether they decide to continue with the season, TV revenue, etc. But if you're looking at a salary cap of less than 100, you know, 25 to 30 million, less than 115 million. Um, there's definitely going to be some ramifications there, and it's going to affect uh, not only free agency but trades as well. So that is going to hurt small market teams like the Thunder, but it, it, it's going to – I still feel like it's good. I mean it's not like small market teams are being affected more than others. 
um, or that they're being, it's all going to be proportionate to how they are right now. But in terms of player movement, I kind of, you know, when we were going into all of this, kind of felt that uh, there would be less player movement, um, especially come free agency time. But Keith Smith, I actually asked him this question here towards the beginning of all this. And granted, that was before we kind of had numbers and how the COVID-19 situation would impact those numbers. But he actually replied to me and said that he felt it would be the opposite. He could see more players being traded and uh, more player movement across the league due to all of this. So we'll see. Um, I think for the Thunder I'm not sure they're going to rush or be desperate. That's not Sam Presti. He's in a great situation, and he also now has the luxury of coming into this situation um, with all these plethora of draft picks that we've talked about. So he can hold on to some of these guys for a little longer if he needs to. Um, obviously, it's not ideal, but if he needed to, he can just let Gallo walk with it if he doesn't find the right uh, right trade for him. Uh, I'm not saying he should do that, but all that to say that he has the luxury of kind of waiting uh, because he's coming into this in a much better position, or the Thunder are coming into this in a much better position than other franchises are with those plethora of draft picks. And it's kind of a kind of you can make the comparison to my my industry, the oil and gas industry. These companies who came into this whole situation with a healthy balance sheet are going to be able to make it out, and the ones that come out of this are able to make it out of this are going to be in a really good position in the oil and gas industry moving forward. Um, when some of these other companies are going to be falling off, well, it's the same situation for the Thunder. They came in with a quote-unquote healthy balance sheet of all these draft picks. I think they're going to come out of this as one of the uh, franchises best positioned to make the right and appropriate moves and take advantage of some of these other teams, uh, for lack of, of, of a better term, come post-COVID-19 situation. So I think for Presta, he's just going to late sit back um, with his, his arms crossed, watch this play out, and then react accordingly. Nice. Call me our next one is for you, and of course this next one would be for you. <laughs> At Goober Petya says, is Robertson back, or how much more time does he need? He's done. Put him to pasture. <laughs> He's done. Put him to pasture. It's over. It's like a mice it's and men, right? over, baby. <laughs> over. Dunzo. All right, Calmir, I'll toss you another one then. At ZA Sports Show says, the, Matt's the four passed, and, it plan- and its plans included the renovation of the peak along with other key features. If we see additions of hotels... Can we see Oklahoma City eventually hosting an all-star game, possibly as early as 2024? So, first of all, it's not going to be called the peak by then because uh, <laughs> no they've, their chest peak's going uh, not good. Um, so, yeah, not going to be the peak anymore. What, what, I've thought about this. What are you going to call it? What are you, you going to call it when Chesapeake can no longer fund it? Are you still going to call it the peak? No, I mean, it used to be called the Ford Center. We don't call it the Ford Center anymore. True. So like, so it'll be weird for Center, a little bit. But I think we'll catch Arena on to whatever Paycom Arena. Buys what are we gonna call it? Say what? The Love it's Center. Paycom Arena. What are we gonna call it? <laughs> I don't know. The Paycom. The um, PC. Sonic. Sonic Arena. The Money <laughs> Shot. There you money go. Money Shot Arena. No, just there kidding. you go. Um. No, no. There's no way in hell OKC ever yeah, hosts that's, an all That's too game. early. That it's not. It's not even just too early. There's just no way. They want to go do things. Like there's nothing. I think I saw a stat a while back about how many hotel rooms a city needs, like the 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 base number, yep. in order to host an NBA All Star weekend. And right now, Oklahoma City has like half of that number. Like uh, yep. it's hotel rooms within a certain vicinity of the arena. Listen, and it's Oklahoma just, City had like half of it. There's just, it's just, there's just no way Oklahoma City will ever host an All Star game unless all hell breaks loose because just like there's nothing to do 
There's literally nothing to do. Steven Adams specifically said he loves Oklahoma City because <laughs> there's nothing to do in Oklahoma City. That's why he likes it. It reminds him of New Zealand. And then, like, you look at, like, well, what about, like, markets like San Antonio? Have they've done that before? They've held an all-star game. Have you been to San Antonio? Have you been to the Riverwalk? It's fantastic. And Oklahoma City is trying to model after San Antonio, and they're doing a horrible job. Uh, there's no way Oklahoma City's ever going to host one in this century. So, sorry, ZA Sports Show. <laughs> I think I probably agree with that. All right, let's shift over to Reddit. Ziggy Ziggy What <laughs> Ziggy, Ziggy says, what? Will Steve-O be a Thunder lifer? Um, and then what was the better play, the Adams 3 or shooter last second layup? Oh, okay. That's t- those two questions go together. And That's then, why I was um, confused. And then he has a, a last one, a hypothetical um if, if Pressy still is in rebuild mode, where does Gallo, Paul, and others go? Um, so for that last one, we've answered um, some of those. We've answered Chris Paul. We've answered Stephen Adams last week. So Chris Paul was two weeks ago on the Sunday pod. Um, Stephen Adams was last week. This week is shooter. Next week we'll have to do Gallo. Um, so yep. stay tuned on that one. But for these first two, will Steve-O be a Thunder lifer? Unfortunately, I think no. And uh, that won't be his choice. He's not going to pull Kevin Durant or anything, but I think he will be traded, um, particularly with this rebuild. Although he could, and you know, we've, we've talked about this on previous pods. He could be the next Nick Collison, and I'd be super happy and excited about that. But um, I think there's a lot of value that can be had for Steve Adams even now. And um, he may not fit where the direction of the Thunder are heading. So I would probably say that, no, he will not be a Thunder lifer. And, and what was the better play, the Adams three? Um, so I'm assuming the... Um, half court heave or, or three quarter the shimmy court heave yeah the shimmy and the shoot or or the shooter last second layup i gotta go with the shooter layup yeah, just because that was that incredible was and that play. speaking of adams that hell mary pass i mean that was just besides awesome. the fact that schroeder definitely pushed off on jeff t to get separation it's just like the jordan doc yeah. no but this one was actually a push off this would be that would be pass center that would be offensive pass hey to be fair uh the uh reggie miller also had that push off on jordan true that went uncalled. true yeah, well, so no yeah I'm, uh, I'm going with the yeah. shooter last second layup and then also my other favorite play of the season is probably the shooter steal and layup against the celtics shortly before the season ended i may add yep very good all right from reddit again i think it's this is vinnie falcon uh, Calmer, this one's for you. Would you rather trade Dennis for more assets like picks and young players or keep him in OKC long term? He says, also, I love the pod. Congrats on the great work. Thank you. Um, <laughs> actually, I would uh, I would much rather trade Dennis for long term younger players assets because, like, you know, the beginning of the season, we were in, we were planning on all this stuff being gone. All this stuff was going to get traded, and then this team is much better than people anticipated, and it makes their stocks go way up. So, you never intended to keep this team together. You never intended to win a title with this team. Now, the fact that you should have been in fourth place, besides Rudy Gobert taking up seventy percent of Oklahoma's coronavirus text kits. You never intended all any of this, and now you're in, you should have been in fourth place, and the Rockets were in sixth, and just, it's a, it's incredible. So you you got to trade Dennis, you got to trade CP3, you got to trade you got to trade Gallo, you're gonna trade a lot of players except Shea right now, and you may even trade Stephen Adams, but there's a high asking price for him. So um, long term stuff uh, as far as like trading Dennis for picks and young players. Very good. Last one from Reddit Taylor from Vince McMahon's burner. That's if the Thunder good. won the championship, 
when the quarantine season That's resumes, does Presti still go forward with the rebuild? Or do you keep CP3 and Gallo around and run it back? You're still going forward with the rebuild. Everything that's happening this season is nothing more than just a, a huge bonus um, to capitalize, like I mentioned earlier, off all the draft picks, all the draft capital that they currently have. Um, CP3, Gallo, Shooter, all guys that we mentioned, even Steven, raising their trade value. Um, and that would just maximize that. They were to win the championship. We would love it as fans. Pressy would love it as an, as a GM. Um, Clay Bennett would love it as an owner. But when it comes down to it, um, either way, he's going to try. Presley is going to try and take advantage and, and get as much in return as he can for some of these players. So uh, he would still blow it up, in my opinion. Very good. All right, guys. Well, let's move on. But before we do, if the playoffs started now, let's take a quick moment to tell you about BetOnline.ag. Well, guys, even if it seems like there's a lot of shortage going on in the world right now in terms of sports and other things, there's no shortage going on at our exclusive partner, BetOnline. NASCAR is back, and BetOnline has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on the simulated NFL that we mentioned uh, earlier uh, in previous week podcasts, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. It's been awesome to see UFC getting back up and started, so be sure to visit BetOnline because you can place bets on some of those fights. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament that you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, or this Sunday, <laughs> Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary and what they're calling After the Dance. So be sure to tune into that and, uh, and listen to those guys discuss what we discussed at the beginning of this podcast. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. All right, gentlemen. So to continue, if the playoffs started now, we are at the conference finals. And we have obviously just two series to break down. So let's start with the Eastern Conference. Boston Celtics versus Milwaukee Bucks. What do you guys think are the the major matchups, the X factors, everything that goes into this series? This is funny. Um, We were so excited about these two matchups that – um, Kamiar and I and, and, and Jake were actually talking about this prior to the podcast starting, prior to us recording. Yeah. Um, so Kamiar, kind of like what you mentioned before we started recording, the obvious ones are going to be Giannis and Jason Tatum. That matchup is going to be fascinating. I think Giannis obviously wins it, but then you add into the 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 added versatility that Celtics can, can bring with guys like Jalen Brown and others who are able to help. Uh, on Giannis, and then it really comes down to the other players um, on the Bucks, such as Chris Middleton, and you know some of these others that are able to step up and make big plays. Yep. I think the Celtics have the depth in terms of talent in this series, um, but the Bucks have Giannis, who is argu- arguably the best and becoming one of the best, or becoming the best uh, player in the league. We'll see if he'll be able to reach that pedestal. But all that to say is, like, I think it really comes down to how good can Giannis be. Versus how good can the Celtics be? How deep can the Celtics talent run in this series? Mm-hmm. I mean, the books, the Bucks are long. Like that's True. that's a big that's a issue. Like, there's their length, their versatility is so good, and like I mean, we've you've mentioned their depth. Both of these teams actually have pretty decent depth if you're looking at it. Um, except for the Celtics have no centers at all, and uh, well, the Bucks have the Lopez brothers. True, that's a good and. Point. I mean, uh, Nick would say depth doesn't mean anything in the playoffs, so there's that. <laughs> and um, I think an, an, another one, 
that is probably pretty significant is what Marcus Smart's contributions would be. And so, like, I would look at Marcus Smart and Gordon Hayward versus maybe Dante DiVincenzo and Chris Middleton. Right. That, those are the two that I look at because you know Jalen Brown's going to get his. Jason Tatum's going to get his. Kemba Walker's going to get his. Uh, I'm looking at dudes that are good players, but um, maybe secondary in nature to those other scores on their team. So what is DiVincenzo or George Hill or I, Hills in, in Milwaukee, right? Or did I dream that? Mm, he may be. I can't remember I can't off the top of my head. I can't remember. Uh, but, like, you look at the depth that Milwaukee does have, and it's just like, what are these secondary players going to do? And that's where I think the major matchup lies because you know Giannis is gonna get Giannis is gonna get thirty uh, eight and six or something like that. Uh, Tatum's gonna get nearly the same stat line, and you know Kemba Walker's gonna get taken advantage of in the post with switches. So it's just gonna be a lot, and I think it would be a really intriguing series uh, with a lot of depth, with a lot of scratches and lots of clawing. And, I really like I really like J- Jalen Brown's versatility for this and Marcus Smart. They bring a ton yep. to the table here. But uh, yeah. so, call me our West Matthews was a shooting guard that neither of us could remember. <laughs> I couldn't remember yeah. it either. I was trying to think. Where's so West George Matthews Hill is a big one, and then George Hill is on the the team still. He's a uh, playing backup point guard right now. Okay, that, that's, that's, what, that's what I thought. It's that's like also secondary still have, uh, players that right are very but important. That here. point guard matchup is fascinating yeah, so, as well. Like Eric Bledsoe. And, sorry, go ahead, Jacob. For sure. Well, whenever I look at it, I like to kind of think of like who has the advantage at each position so point guard i think i'd go with boston right right i i um i mean eric bledsoe's okay but but kemba walker gets the nod there shooting guard you have marcus smart versus west matthews that's kind of two guys that that's are fairly fun. similar except uh, but, but you know it's you like go, but, marcus smart's actually a lot better now because west matthews have had so many injury issues yeah and he's just older right um at small forward you've got uh, I guess Gordon Hayward versus Chris Middleton. I give the nod to Middleton there. Uh, Jason Tatum versus Giannis at the Ooh, four. That's so uh, Obviously, you have to, to give it to Giannis there. And then Tice versus Lopez. Uh, I probably lean Lopez. Uh, I mean, Lopez has been good on both ends of the floor, although his shooting hasn't been great this year. I think the matchup is fascinating. I think they match up pretty well. To me, it just feels like Milwaukee has a slight edge at like each little spot. You know, I, I and what Kamir said, I think Jalen Brown is a big X factor here. Jason Tatum's good, but Giannis is better. Gordon Hayward's good, but Chris Middleton is better. Uh, the the length does play a role. Uh, George Hill is better than whoever the Boston Celtics are trotting out there at backup point guard because they're primarily playing Marcus Smart at the two. And think um, about the lack of crowd factors. So now it's just player on player in the gym. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's, you know, that's we talked about the crowd earlier. Uh, home court also comes into play here. I mean, yeah. when we restart the playoffs, home court doesn't mean shit. Yeah, it's just like a summer league game, but actually no people in the stands. Yeah, exactly. Except maybe so, staffers, you know. With, with all of this, how do you guys see the series going? I just, mm. I just see Giannis taking it. I, I, I see. I think this season would have been his uh, quote unquote like LeBron, first first LeBron series or moment where we saw him take his game to uh, turn it up a level uh, when it comes in a point important playoff series. So with that being said, uh, I think I'm gonna go ahead and go Milwaukee and 
and seven, just because, like I mentioned, um, the Boston Boston has the the talent across the board, but I think Giannis is just so special, and I think he would have turned up another level that we still haven't seen. So because of that, I'm going uh, Milwaukee in a very close series uh, in seven. You know the good thing about the good thing that OKC had when they had Andre Robertson and Paul George and you know Terrence Ferguson. So a, few, a couple years back. Uh, the good thing they had against the Bucks was that they could throw so many. Any even Nerlens, the good thing, thing they could they had with Giannis was that they could throw so many different bodies at this guy and still be relatively not have that much of a drop off in between what they were giving on until defense. he steps out of bounds and the refs don't call it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but like OKC could throw so many bodies at Giannis and. The Celtics have two. I mean, like you've got Jason Tatum and you've got Jalen Brown. Otherwise, you don't have a lot of dudes at the four. You don't have really like you don't have a shot blocker in Orleans that can do something like that for you. You have the opposite of that actually with Ennis Cantor and stuff like that. Um, so there's just there's not a lot going for you there. So I think the I think Boston missing a ton of big wings, and I think Boston missing a true shot blocking center. It would really hurt them, so I would say this game would be this series would be over. I want to say Milwaukee in six, but I might even lean more towards Milwaukee in five. It's just wow. a, okay. Just, well, then I'll take Milwaukee. A hor- in it's six. a horrible. It's a horrible matchup for the Boston Celtics. Like you go with like you go with guy like Kemba's so small. Marcus Smart, he's a smaller guy, but he plays big. Jalen Brown is Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They're big dudes. They're incredibly athletic. And then from there on, like, what else? What are you getting? Gordon Hayward's not the Gordon Hayward you saw in Utah anymore. And then you look at the Bucks and see, A, how physical they are, but also, B, how incredibly long and athletic they are. Meanwhile, they all, they can shoot the hell out of the ball besides Giannis, who doesn't need to shoot the ball to get to po- get points. It's just incredible. Yeah. Man, Jalen Brown and Shea Gilgis-Alexander are the same height. But Jalen has forty pounds on him. That's wild. Dude, look at his biceps. I would have never. Yeah. I, I, it Jaylen, doesn't Jaylen's, surprise me. Jalen's kind of thick. I just I never realized that Jalen was that six yes. six two twenty five. Wow. You look you look at like when he celebrates on the court, or whatever. When he's like pumping his fist, like his biceps yeah, are huge. So that's, like, that's what you want to see out of Shea. Like you want to see him, the Michael Jordan, the Kobe effect. You want to see him get in the gym and actually get bigger. Because yeah. right now, like he's got he that get, finesse game, but in the big. playoffs, Jaylen's, if he ever. If he ever leads OKC in the playoffs, he's going to have some issues. Like, yeah. Jalen's wiry. Shea's not quite – I mean, he's he's a yeah. wiry guy, but he's not ever going to be thick. Like, you've but seen Russell you, though, Westbrook's put, workout videos from home right, on Instagram? Right, yeah. Oh my, Dude, he's a man. Russ, Russ, I, don't, I don't think we've talked enough about – and not to take us down a rabbit hole um, again, but I, I'm so good at doing that, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Russ, we I don't think we've, we've – maybe giving him credit is the right term because I'm not sure it actually – helped him that much just because of the way he played the game but he bolted a lot those last couple seasons in OKC and bolted again with the Rockets um so yeah Russ really has the like ideal body that I want like no if I could kidding. look like Russell Westbrook I would talk so much shit to everybody minus the uh the scars from apparently football is what the story I say. would never wear a shirt if I looked like Russell Westbrook well, I'd probably just either, walk around so. naked to be honest <laughs> he does another either or sliders or either. all right well let's go out west since we all took Milwaukee coming out of the East. Out West, we got the Battle of Los Angeles, the Clippers versus the Lakers. This is so fun. This is such an interesting matchup. Who wants to go first on this? You want to go first, I'll take, or, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the reins here. Good. Um, 
this one is so interesting to me because the Lakers' strength obviously is LeBron and AD. Um, LeBron is better getting downhill. AD plays primarily below the three-point line, whereas the Clippers' strength is their two wings, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, uh, who are predominantly perimeter players. Uh, so, so that aspect is interesting. The Clippers have undoubtedly more depth than the Lakers. Uh, I don't think that's arguable. But like Kamiar uh, has said, like depth matters a little bit. I think it shows even more when the Lakers point guards, like they're going to be playing Rajon Rondo and Alex Caruso in the Western Conference Finals. Like I would be a little bit worried about that if I was a Lakers fan. Obviously, the Lakers have the best player in the world on their team. Seeing Kawhi and LeBron kind of go head to head would be awesome. the The one spot that to me is an X factor that there's a matchup issue is I don't know who the Clippers have to guard Anthony Davis for large stretches of the game. Uh, I mean, I know Kawhi is an insane defender. I know PG is an insane defender, but they're a lot smaller than AD. So are you throwing Montrez Harrell over there? I think uh, Harrell and Morris, you're just throwing guys like that who are just yeah, I guess you have yeah, you have Marcus Morris. You're just trying to to rough them up and, and be physical with them because you're right, Jacob. I don't think you can you don't have somebody who can straight up defend them. You're just gonna have to throw physical, able bodies at them and just try yeah, to throw them I off mean, his game. I mean P G and Kawhi can check LeBron. Yep. And LeBron can check those guys and, and you kind of have a balance there. I just there there's not somebody who's as physically like the size and gifted athletically on the Clippers that can check Anthony Davis. And I think if Anthony Davis really got assertive and really tried to take over, he could dominate this series. I, speaking of X factors, I think you're exactly right. I think Anthony Davis has to be that X factor. Um, and maybe a like side X factor that kind of relates to that is LeBron James and how he's willing to defer to AD and try to encourage AD and motivate him to to get involved um, because LeBron's going to want to be the guy, especially in this series against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. LeBron's going to want to take over and make the headlines and try to submit. I mean, speaking of the last dance, especially after the last dance, can you imagine? LeBron's going to be going out there and, and trying to submit his legacy and, and to kind of fight back against all the, the goat talk right now with the last dance. Um, you know, I, I think he, re, he and that's something that LeBron's done so well with throughout his career. I mean, he's such a talented passer. He's so great at getting teammates involved. And I think he's going to have to do that for Anthony Davis, maybe even defer to AD. Because like you said, Jacob, that's the one matchup that the Lakers have here that they can exploit. Because on the other side, I mean, the, the Clippers are like almost leak-proof. You have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, Pat Beverly. Uh, Lou Will isn't much of a defender, but he can come off the bench, obviously, and just light you up for 30 any given night, even at the age of 60. And Shamit. And then, yeah, you have Shamit, Montrez Harrell, uh, and then you have guys like Magruder and Jamichael Green and uh, Terrence Mann, a young rookie, and Reggie Jackson, somebody uh, who we talked about earlier in our $1 tier of the the, uh, OKC Thunder uh, Dream Team, pick your your five or whatever. But all that being said, the the Clippers are deep, and they have a lot of – so this is a fascinating – Doesn't matter. I heard the depth doesn't matter in the playoffs. (laughs) Taking shots at Nick. This one's really this one's really tough. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Jacob. I think that that the huge the biggest X factor, especially for the Lakers, is going to be AD. I mean, this is not anything you guys haven't already said, and I think a big X factor is just if how much Lou Will and how much Montrezl Harrell 
Montrezl. Mon- <laughs> the L is silent. Montrezl yeah. Harrell can get going. I think that's a huge X factor along with Landry Shamit. Um, and I think what you do, you force LeBron to beat you. And I know, like, that's, like, I, I feel no, like you're right. to some people it's like, that's going to wow, you're saying. really asking possibly the greatest player of all time to beat you? Yes, you know why? Because he he's aging and you have Kawhi. You have the two best wing defenders in the game to throw at him. Just you, you force LeBron to beat you. You deny Anthony Davis the ball the best you can, and you just wear LeBron out for four, five, six, however many games. Because you know what? All right, you you don't have Kawhi on you. Oh, you got Paul George on you. Okay, and like sometimes it's a double team from both of them. Who knows? Fantastic. Uh, you have to wear LeBron out to where you know, and then and at that point, it's just like you got to force him to drive. Don't let him shoot the ball. Do not let him jump shoot the ball until, like, of course, he's dead tired to where all these things are going to fall short. You have to, have to, have to keep the ball in LeBron's hands and uh, just make him beat you because, like you said, Taylor, he's an incredible passer. He has high IQ. He's grown into his old age as a star really, really well and much better than D. Wade did, by the way. And... um, even better than you know, even from the documentary, even better than Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan, like That's he said fair. at the end, he was like, "Hey, he's retired." In, a couple in times, the beginning, yeah. it was all athleticism, and then I turned into a better player and meant to the mental aspects of the game. LeBron has done that so much better. That's and incredible. That's that really it point. seems like he's even gotten better, and of course, he's gotten bigger and. Apparently they don't sit, test for PEDs in Los Angeles, but <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. Your head should not, uh, your head should not grow that many sizes. But uh, yeah, you make LeBron beat you in that series because you have the two best wing defenders in the NBA on your team, and uh, that's pretty special to have that. And like you said, the depth. Uh, so yeah, but the X factor is always going to be AD because you don't have, like you say, well, who do they have to throw at him? Nobody in the NBA has anybody to throw at AD. Just literally fair. Yeah. uh so like you don't have anybody that you can throw ad and just go back to back to back and it's not going to work so uh the x factor of course ultimately is anthony davis but i think the game plan would be just make lebron beat you everybody else just falls into place fine whatever cool avery bradley or whoever else they have out there fine cool make him beat you jared dudley oh okay <laughs> let him shoot threes uh, but you have to make Bradley beat you in that series. I think you have spot to on. trust. You have to trust in your ability as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to take it to LeBron as an older man in that's aging out. So one thing that's interesting. Let's say that the two stars, the two superstars on each side, Kawhi and PG on one, Braun and AD on the other, kind of cancel each other out. Which team has the better third man that can steal you a game? I, uh, hands down, the Clippers because you it's have Lou that's what I think. Lou yeah, Will can get you have thirty Lou points Will. in the drop exactly. of a bucket. Yeah, exactly. Lou Will can go off. Montrez can go off. I mean, the the Lakers Morris. outside of LeBron and AD just have a bunch of play finishers. Have a bunch of guys that can't really initiate offense that well. I really you have like Kuzma, Danny Green, who's though. okay. I really like Danny Green. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. You have you have Danny Green who can light it up, but Danny Green he isn't used a guy to be that. Able to. I, mean, I know, I know, but I just really like him on that team. No, he's, he's definitely. Cool yeah, I mean drive and kick to him all night long but i i think when it comes down to it the the clippers probably have the best third fourth fifth guy than Agreed. than the lakers yeah. do so all it right matters. with all that being said taylor 
Who are you taking to win the this, win this series? Maybe it's just me uh, jumping on this podcast immediately after the last dance. My head, my mind is telling me Clippers and six, but my heart is telling me Lakers and LeBron and seven. I am going Lakers and seven, baby. LeBron James. Come here. What are you doing? Uh, Lakers and five. I mean, it's just <laughs> you, Paul. Paul George is mentally and physically every year just not there. Seems like. Uh, and Kawhi does not seem like the galvanizing leader on that team to get him through something like what you know Jordan would get Pippen through. Like you know what I mean? And, and just LeBron James commands so much respect, not just as a player, but us as a human and stuff like that. And the team believes him as their leader. Even AD looks AD is one of the best players in the game right now and at the history of that position right now, and the going into right now. And AD looks up to LeBron James. You don't have that in the Clippers. Everybody in that arena, everybody on that team, that sideline, is looking at LeBron James because he's the galvanizing, driving force behind everything. And he's still doing it really well at an older age. He has a ton of parts around him that can do things. Uh, Hell, you have the Lakers C-team coming to Oklahoma, Oklahoma City and wreck Oklahoma City. And so you just have a lot of guys that can do a lot of things really well. Do they have a Lou Will that can drop you 30 points a night? No. Do they have a Montrez Harrell that can do a lot of things for you? Not really, but you've got, I mean, like JaVale McGee, God bless him, but you've also got Dwight Howard doing really well in his role, and you have a lot of other dudes that can be pretty great for them. I really hate Kyle Kuzma. That's that thing, but uh, I think the Lakers win in five. I really just don't think that Kawhi and PG are going to be able to overcome what LeBron and AD are going to bring to the table. I agree with you guys. I'm going to go Lakers and six. So next week we will do if the playoffs started now, we'll cover the finals Milwaukee Bucks versus LA Lakers, which I think is what we've all had pegged yeah, it's fun. for quite a while now. That's really fun. Uh, before we get to Dennis Schroeder trades to finish up this podcast, I'm going to take a quick minute to tell you guys about Blue Chew. Guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Well, get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredient that's in Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or have to spend time in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost. Once approved, your order ships straight to your house in discreet packaging. And here's a great deal for you. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. You just got to pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's totally free. Just pay $5 shipping. B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com and use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Hey, uh, Jake. Yes. Who's Alice? Who's Alice? Yeah, you told me to see Alice. Oh, uh, I've never seen Alice before. Uh, I think she's lost somewhere in Wonderland, though. Oh. Ha ha. That might be. Clever. <laughs> um, all right, guys. About 10 minutes left for us to burn through some of these Dennis Schroeder trades. We've traded Chris Paul two weeks ago. We traded Steven Adams last week. Let's concoct some Schroeder trades and see which one kind of sticks. Uh, Kamiar, 
throw your first one out there. <clears throat> oh, I've only got one, so. Oh, it's a, it's all right. One. We'll make it a good one, <laughs> so buddy. one shotter. All right. So I've got Oklahoma sending out Dennis Schroeder, Darius Baisley, oh. and oh. one of their future 30 first rounders. Oh. Maybe a second rounder. I don't know. It just depends on what Sam Presti can do with the 76ers. All right, you have my attention. In exchange for Edmund Santa Fe's own Josh Richardson, right? You've got Mike Scott on a two-year deal. Who's just that's just that's just filler. He'd be on a one-year deal by the time he got to OKC, so that's fine. And actually, he's a pretty good stretch four, to be honest with you. And really, what I'm after here is part of the rebuild. Who I think it will be a fit, who will fit much better with Shay, uh, and this is the intention of that, Matisse Thibault. I kind of like that. That's interesting. Very. Because you're, so, getting, you're, you're getting a guy in Josh Richardson that you could flip at a trade deadline, sure, fine, whatever. Right. He's back, literally back home, 10 minutes where he grew up. That's cool, too. Uh, he can play two and three. You also got Matisse Thibault, who can also play two and three. Uh, and he's really the guy that you're looking at for. And I think Matisse Thibel would have a – I think Matisse Thibel could become something pretty special, like maybe a maybe a Josh Richardson or maybe a Jimmy Butler. Who knows? Danny Green. Yeah. Uh, we just – because, like, his, his stats coming out of Washington, I thought, man, Matisse Thibel, he plays in a 2-3 zone. Like, that's the reason why he gets so many steals. I was wrong. He played. They played man to man in the in the Sixers, and he played a ton of minutes. And he had a, quite a quite a few steals just on man to man defense. Um, and his three point shot was a lot better than I was expecting this year, especially True. coming out of college. I agree. And with that. so, if he could just elevate his game a little bit more, you know, don't know what that holds, don't know what that looks like, but you know, I just I'm I'm more willing to take a chance on sending out Darius Baisley maybe flipping Josh Richardson for somebody else down the road and seeing what Matisse Thibel can bring you in a pretty good defensive court of Shea and Matisse at the one and the two. And maybe even just Shea, Matisse, and Josh Richardson one, two, three, and then you figure out the four and five later. Yep. It's, uh, that's an interesting one. I like that. I wonder, um, and I'm just messing around on the trade machine here, Part of me wonders if that is going maybe with the Darius Baisley move a little too young for the 76ers and they would rather keep Josh Richardson. What if you tweaked it and did a sign-and-trade Gallo and Schroeder for like Thibel and Horford or something like yeah, that? See, I, I, I don't I like want that. that. No, I don't want that Horford contract. I, they they, right. they literally contract. already have an Albatross and Chris Paul's contract, but you're still getting a lot of value out of that. And, like, you already have a massive contract on Steven Adams, and you want to add an aging Al Horford and that massive contract? There's no way in hell, especially when you're trying to get all that money off the books in the first place. That might be what, what they're throwing a, a first-round pick with it. Is it still a no? No, it's still a no. Interesting. For me, I like that first-rounder, but I don't think Philly's willing to give up that first-rounder. That, especially, like, that first-rounder would be garbage. Right. Uh, that, too. All right, my first trade machine trade for Dennis Schroeder. Uh, I am sending him to the New York Knicks. Uh, obviously, Frank Nilakina and Dennis Smith Jr. haven't worked out there. 
I'm assuming that they don't end up striking a deal for Chris. They get Dennis Schroeder instead. In return, the Thunder take back Taj Gibson and Kevin Knox. So Knox hasn't been good, New York. You're taking the bet here that it's because it's New York. And then Taj Gibson actually has a non-guaranteed deal. So if you trade for him on draft night, you can uh, choose to not guarantee that salary and only have to pay him one of those $9 million for next season. So it's a way that the Thunder would actually save quite a bit of money. Uh, they're trimming about $10 million here. And then you ship off Dennis Schroeder to get a lengthy wing in Kevin Knox that you can see if you can maybe develop. I like that. That's interesting. And also a team that uh, Pressy has dealt with before. So there's that, yep. that, that track record there. I like that. All right, T- Taylor, what do you got? So uh, I also have three trades, Jacob. <laughs> um, you I, have three? I, I thought you said you had three before the podcast. Oh, I had two. Oh, two. I just threw okay. together that Philly so one. I have but, three, okay, go for but it. they're related and pretty quick. Um, <laughs> my first one is with the Magic. Um, I have. All right, well, I have one with the Magic too, so okay, let's here go. We go. That'll be fun. Uh, so I'm, I have Dennis Schroeder going to the Magic in return. The Thunder are getting uh, Al Aminu, DJ Augustine, and which is gross and gross, but not huge contracts and Augustine will be expiring. But the big kicker here is a uh, first round in the 2021 draft coming back to OKC. So shooter for Aminu, Augustine, and a first rounder 2021, which will probably be a decent draft pick. Okay, interesting. So actually DJ Augustine expires this year, so oh, I don't think they're shoot. able to trade for him. Yeah. Because um, I looked at that. Dang Mine it. is Schroeder to the Magic for Alfaruk Aminu. Uh, Kim Birch and Melvin Frazier, this is just to make salaries match. And Birch is kind of your um, your sweetener there, a young player who – Kind of, yeah. And, but then I have the Thunder and the Magic swapping 2020 first-round picks. So this would be like a draft that. night trade where the Thunder would move up to pick 15 – and the Magic would move down to 25. I like that. I like yours better there. That's perfect. Um, being able to move up in this draft, um, you know, if you really like somebody, like D- Jacob, you and I and, and Nick always t- uh, kind of joked and talked about Denny. Like if you're trying to move up for somebody like that, um, obviously that pick helps you do that without having to give up quite as much as you would where the Thunder currently sit, which is like pick 25 they get from Denver because they're giving up yep. their, their first from, from Philly. So I like yours better. So this is basically matching salary uh, and then swapping first-round okay. picks. So my last two involve the Heat. Um, the first one is pretty straightforward. The other one's a little more involved, but um, it's, it's maybe more fun. So um, my two with the Heat, the first one I have Dennis Schroeder going to the Heat in return for uh, Drogic and a first-round pick in 2021, similar to the Magic. Uh, that one's pretty straightforward. So you have Drogic. Drogic and a first rounder in 2021 for Dennis Schroeder. Um, and then my other one is a little more involved, not too much, but I think Thunder fans are going to love this one just because it's somebody they've, they've wanted ever since draft night. Dennis Schroeder going to the Heat in return for Kelly Olenek. That's kind of a salary filler. Tyler Hero and a second round pick in 2022. But it's the uh, it's via Philadelphia or Denver. It's the less favorable of the two, so it's not going to be a, like necessarily a great second round pick, but it's something to kind of uh, help sweeten the pot a little bit there. So you're not I, I think in that one, Miami says hell no. Yeah. And then when you uh, I when you so tell too. them you also want the second, uh, they, they hang, hang up. up the phone and they disconnect it so you can never call back. <laughs> I think they're going to request. Uh, some sweetener from the Thunder, also. So I think it would have to pick. be Schroeder, like pick swap plus a pick, 
uh, and if you're wanting to even get them to pick up the phone for Tyler Hero. Right. So we got a handful of them here. Which one do you guys like the most? Where should we trade Dennis Schroeder to? I like mine the most. Taylor, what do you think? <laughs> He's muted. He's probably talking right now, though. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> He's just talking uh, to the void. Uh, call me out. I like yours as well. Thanks. Uh, I, it's a I great really trade. Like, I really like Matisse Thibel. Um, I wonder. We thought he was coming to Oklahoma City, and then we yeah, ended up dude, with Darius I watched Baisley. so much Ty, Ty, uh, Matisse <laughs> Thibel film and then wrote an article about the promise that Oklahoma City supposedly made him. Um and then we took the guy from New Balance. Because remember, so. we thought he was going to be in OKC. And like, oh, sweet. You know, a 3 and D guy is what he basically came out of uh, UW from. And then Oklahoma City drafts Darius Baisley. And we all said, what is going yep. on? And remind me, did Thibel go after Baisley? He I think he did. He did he because uh, I, there was a lot oh, of us who, who thought that I, OKC I think he went him. like 27. So, but he's been really good. So, yeah, I like that one as well. If they could somehow come up with a deal, I mean, it kind of makes sense because I love Matisse Thibault, especially if he can learn how to ball handle. Um, yeah, he's he's a fun player. I, so I think he's got a lot think of problems. Is, what do you think his ceiling is? Do you think it's Jimmy Butler? Do you think it's like, uh, oh, what's the dude? Miami Heat, same haircut. Justice Winslow. I don't think Thibault is going to ever be able to handle the ball that well. You don't think so? Um, I would peg him. What if I said he's more likely to become a, um, oh, I just had a name in my head and then I lost it. Um, crap. Who's the guy? Robert Covington. What if he, he becomes more of a Robert Covington? Nope. Nope. Then like, then, then you would say Darius Baisley's ceiling is higher, wouldn't you? Potentially. But I'm with you. That makes no sense. Potentially ceiling maybe higher. So like he's right now, though, so then you, know? you would so right now you're saying, is that Darius Baisley has more potential in the NBA than Matisse Thybul, right? Based upon what we've seen I after think, one year, I yeah I would I think Baisley has a wide skill base. Right. Yeah. The well, real trick okay. with him is is he ever going to be able to become elite at something? And I think there's not a lot of teams that would be willing to take that gamble. But the Thunder, with all their draft capital, are one such team that can yeah. afford that, and so they're they're willing to invest in that. Kind of like they have been in Ferg, and it hasn't. Really I, paid I do out. think Tybal has a much higher floor than Basil. Exactly, I think he does too. But at the same time, yeah, I just I'm just intrigued. Like, and by no means am I saying, man, I really want to get rid of Darius Baisley for Matisse Thybul for the Thunder fans listening to this podcast, or for, for all the New Zealanders listening to this podcast. Because at one point we were the number one podcast in New Zealand, and that's fantastic. <laughs> um, but by no means, Good old my, Middle Earth. That's awesome, by the way. Like that's so cool. Um, so for all you New Zealanders like listening to this, all you Kiwis, uh, you guys are awesome. So thank you, and also thank you for uh, taking proper precautions during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Anyways, um, and New Zealand's kicked ass. They, all they this. really have. They've done a lot. Uh, Stephen Adams should be proud. Um, I wonder if they uh, they uh, shut up Lysol. Shut up! I hate you. Um, <laughs> But I'm not saying that I want that to happen. It was just like a, a thought, you know, uh, that what, what OKC could do and offers them somebody young in return and even some draft asset and capital and Josh Richardson who played at Edmund Santa Fe. So you have another hometown kid uh, who lets you phase out somebody like Dre or somebody like Terrence Ferguson in a future trade. And um, But, yeah, I agree. I, I think 
Darius Baisley's potential is higher, I think, because he's a big guy. He can obviously put on weight, uh, but also he's a big guy that can handle that, has the ability, he has, higher, he has a high IQ. I'm not saying he has, he's smarter, Matisse Leibel's dumber. I'm just saying he's a high IQ player that can pass and that can dribble really well for a guy that's like 6'9", and he's not yeah, done he's growing Yeah, he's very versatile. Yet. He's not done growing it. So, like, uh, his uh, free throw, like, you, when you look at a player and how well they shoot, you just need to look at their free throw and look at their form, and his shot is not busted. He just needs more reps, and he needs more NBA preparation. I think he's going to be a good rotation player wherever he goes, just like Sabonis. Like, you saw flashes of what Sabonis could be like in his first year, and you saw that OKC really missed Darius Baisley when he actually got hurt. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll be a good part of that's because player. the next guy up was Abdul Nader, but but that but, but still Abdul Nader had, having the he, best he's been good this year. year. I best think career Abdul, year. Yeah, I think Abdul Nader's probably earned himself a spot in the NBA with this season, actually. And so it's just it's 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 pretty incredible that you know we can talk about this and that we can say, man, Darius Baisley, like the Thunder missed a rookie into which many of us thought he would not see. NBA minutes. They said, "Oh, he worked. For, he worked for New Balance for a year, and then in the, he didn't play that much. Uh, uh, like you saw, you saw, you know, footage of him. You know, just dunking the ball. You know, like just doing sprints. And then you just saw his ability on defense. How quick he can move his feet. How good he is dribbling the ball. It's just impressive to see a big man dribble the ball that well. Yeah. And um, if he can add other things to his game, like pull-up jumpers, then you're starting to look at Pascal Siakam levels of stuff. Like, what what is the middle ground? And this is a good question to maybe, I don't know, like we're running a little long, but that's okay. This What is the middle ground between what – is, what is a lesser version of Pascal Siakam, I guess my question would be? It's a good question. Kyle Kuzma? What, Maybe. What's the step? Yeah, below I was him? thinking Kyle Kuzma as well. Is it Kyle Kuzma or is it Jer- uh, Jeremy Grant? Jeremy Grant's an interesting one too. I think In, J- uh, Jeremy Grant's is Jeremy Grant a better defender than Pascal Siakam? I don't know. They're probably right about I think the same level. I think I think Jeremy Grant's better. And we talked to and we even talk, I talked to Mikey Barra about this. We talked to Mikey Barra about this about you know Jeremy Grant and Pascal Siakam when JG was on the team last year. And I feel like Darius Baisley's so much more of a better comp to Pascal what he could be in the future just because of his innate ball handling ability. He's actually taller than Pascal and his high IQ. So if he just puts in the work, he can do something special. And the kid's like, what, he just turned 20? Yep, that is correct. And so he's not going to be in his prime for another six to seven years? It's incredible. It's uh, And with the Thunder having so many draft picks moving forward, I think they are more primed than anybody to really take these shots on these kids that might be low feet, right. low low floor, high ceiling. Right. Right. Because you have more bites at the apple. You have a better chance on hitting that high ceiling. You don't have to worry about taking the high floor guys. So, so would you trade a lot of the picks that the Clippers gave you to draft Anthony Edwards from Georgia? Dude, I've I wouldn't trade a lot of picks for I, that. I like Anthony Edwards a lot. He's I just good. I don't know. He's good. He is good. He's uh he's physically a freak. He's like True. Victor Oladipo on steroids. Except he can actually shoot the ball really well already. It's I like him a lot because I, I really don't do. feel like I, SGA long term. I was talking to Brady uh, Trantham from the franchise about this, and um, he's also low key my brother. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> um, 
I asked them the same question we talked about, you know, Donovan Mitchell and SGA future-wise, and we came to the same conclusion that we did on the podcast, that you take SGA in the future. And uh, we think that Donovan Mitchell is close to his ceiling already, where SGA is not. But the same thing we said here, we don't think that maybe not necessarily SGA is a Michael Jordan. He's not a Kobe. He may be somebody's Pippen. And so you're looking for that guy that's the go-to guy, unless SGA transforms into that. So it's, it's still intriguing. I'm going to be Fun so times. mad if he goes to... Uh, the Bundesliga's back. It's in May. Talking about Edwards, I'm going to be so mad if he goes to Golden State. Mm. A different time oh, yeah. for a different podcast. All right, before <laughs> we get down that rabbit hole, thank you guys so Dallas much for checking Wonderland, out the podcast. Right? <laughs> that's, right. that, that, that's how you get there. Thank you guys for checking out the podcast. We greatly, greatly appreciate you. Uh, we know times without sports, without basketball has been rough. We're trying to continue to bring you guys great content, so keep coming back. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We will be back late Tuesday night with another redraft for you, and then I don't know what the hell, what the what the hell, I don't know what the hell Taylor and I are going to do Thursday night since our top five rankings are done. Maybe we'll do top, top five, five Thunder, teams. Thunder players of all time. <laughs> uh, who knows? But stay tuned for that as well. If you uh, if you'd be so kind, go drop a five star rating wherever you listen to your podcast. That would mean a lot to us. Hopefully we get word, more word on the resumption of the season soon. You guys stay safe. Continue to wash your hands. Wear your masks out in public. It's just the right thing to do. We will talk to you soon. As always, thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.